Now I want to look at that verse 12, read it again. This will be a sign. This will be the sign to you. So the Bible is emphasizing something special about the swaddling clothes and the manger. It's going to be a sign. Now, as I study this three times, the Bible mentions the manger and the swaddling clothes three times. Now, if you believe like we do that the Bible is inerrant and that it is inspired by God, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, then you know that God doesn't waste words. So why in the world would he emphasize so much that it was going to be a sign? You would find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, we've already been told in verse 7 that Jesus would be found wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it's repeated again in verse 16. Quote, and they, the shepherds, came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So three times the word of God emphasizes a sign. Now, I'm a word guy. I want to know what words mean. And I looked this up. Of course, the New Testament was written in the Greek language. And it's the Greek word samion, and it means indication. So we could say this shall be an indication to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It's an indication. Well, an indication of what? What is the Bible telling us? What is God wanting us to see? Did the shepherds, for instance, need a sign to tell them where to locate the child? Uh, you wouldn't think so. Probably not. The shepherds would not have needed this type of sign. Bethlehem was not that big. With just a few questions in the small town of Bethlehem, the shepherds could have easily been able to locate a newborn baby, especially if that babe was born out in the open, out back, because there was no room in the inn. So that's not what the sign meant. It didn't mean there was going to be a sign hanging on the Bethlehem hotel, babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's not the kind of sign it's talking about. It says it's going to be an indication. It's something you need to pay attention to. Something about the swaddling clothes and the manger were a sign, an indication of something important for you and me, especially as we celebrate a season that has become so commercialized, so really watered down and diluted and, and fogged up by the traditions of men. So I want to talk about the key parts of the sign. Here they are, the swaddling cloths, the stable, and the manger. Those are the three parts. Now let's talk about the swaddling cloths. When we think of swaddling clothes in the manger today, in our modern culture, you've all already seen nativity scenes, and we had a Christmas play, and we had a nativity scene. We see them through a traditional uh, lens as portrayed in our nativity scenes. A baby is usually found lying or, or, or covered in a loincloth laid in a wooden trough. Just a little, simple little loincloth. But I got to tell you, that's not accurate. That's not what happened. When the baby Jesus was born, that is not what Mary put on him, like a kind of like a diaper. It's not what happened. Babies born in the time of Christ had no hospitals, especially if you're born out back in a stable. There was no hospital, no sterile birthing rooms, no doctors or nurses attired in sterile clothing. No sophisticated equipment to monitor the baby's vital signs. None of that. 
In those days, babies were born in an environment that was dirty, and it was dusty, and it was full of life-threatening germs, with virtually no medical care available at all for that child. So newborn babies, what they would do is they would wrap them in strips of cloth to protect them from the harsh elements. And it wasn't just to keep them warm on a winter night because it was cold out where they were. It wasn't just for that. It was a matter of life and death. It was to protect that child from germ invasion. So what they would do, they would wrap up that baby's arms and that baby's legs separately. Then they would wrap the torso until the baby looked like a little Egyptian mummy. Thank you. (laughs) If I'm reaching the kids, I'm doing good, right? Yeah. So it was way more than a little loincloth like we see on the children in the nativity scenes. Way more than that. So keep that in mind. So the baby Jesus was wrapped up tight. Okay? And then he had the stable. Many of us also get our concept of a stable from tradition. I know I did. And we think of a wooden barn or something like a wooden lean-to, and that that's where the animals are kept, and, and that's true. And indeed, the stable where Jesus was born served the same purpose as did the livery stables in the Old West. But... Even though it was a place where the travelers put their donkeys and their, and their horses and whatnot and their camels, it was more than that. In Palestine, during those times, times that Jesus was born, stables were not wooden buildings and they were not wooden barns, but they were caves hollowed out from the sides of hills. That's what they were. And these natural formations were readily available and provided overhead shelter without having to build a structure. So Jesus was born not in a wooden shed, but in a cave. And that's what happened all the time back then. That's what the Bible is referring to. That's historically accurate. And finally, there was the manger. What was the manger? Well, mangers, I hate to break it to you, they were not little wooden boxes with the legs crossed at the bottom that we've traditionally always seen in the nativity scenes that are all around us. Here's what they were. They were rocky ledges that had been carved out of the rock walls of those caves at the height where animals could feed out of them. So they were rock ledges. They were not little wooden cribs. Rock ledges. So our nativity scene and Christmas pageant stage productions have had it wrong. They haven't been right. Jesus, our Savior, was not born in a barn and then placed into a little wooden box. He was born in a cave and placed on a rock ledge carved out from the rock wall. And that's the environment Jesus was born into. So I want us to put the whole scene together, just in our mind's eye for a moment. Think with me. Try to picture it as the Bible really had it. The body of the baby Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth, lying on a rock ledge in a cave. It was dark. It was cold. It was damp. It was lonely. 
In light of this, the key to decoding the mystery of the sign, this shall be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and that's going to be a sign to you. The key to understanding the sign is in asking two crucial questions. Let's ask them tonight. The first question, was there another time when bodies were wrapped in clothes besides birth? The answer is yes. It was the practice of the Middle Eastern people and the Middle Eastern cultures everywhere to bury the dead wrapped in strips of clothes. Uh, This is what Egyptian mummies were all about. And this is what they did in Jesus' time. When somebody died, they wrapped them in strips of cloth, and they looked like a mummy when they were done. The second question is this. Was there another time when the body of Jesus was wrapped in bands of cloth? Yes, after the death of Jesus. John 19, verses 38 to 40 tells us that Joseph of Arimathea asked for the body of Jesus And Nicodemus and Joseph took that body, and the Bible says they wrapped it up in linen cloths. Just like when a baby was born in that day. Just like Jesus had been wrapped up in linen cloths when he was born. So the body of Jesus was wrapped in strips of cloth at his burial, just like it was at his birth. And where did they take the body of Jesus after his crucifixion? They took it into a tomb, into a man-made cave. And the tomb belonged to the wealthy Joseph of Arimathea for his own burial. And he turned his own tomb over to Jesus. And where did they lay him? I've been there. I've crawled in there. I've seen it. I sat there alone. In Israel, I let my tour guide and and my tour group go ahead of me, and I lingered behind, and I went in there by myself. I wanted to soak it in. And right there in that rock tomb, there was a rock ledge. And that's where they put the body of Jesus, on a rock ledge carved out from the wall of this man-made cave. This shall be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. That's a sign, an indication. The baby Jesus wrapped up like a little mummy, lying on a stone ledge in a cave like a tomb, pictured a baby who was born to die. God was telling us something way back at the very birth of the Christ child. Nothing in the life of Jesus was by accident. Not one thing. The providence of God ordered every step, everything, every every scintilla of movement in the life of Christ. And when he was born, he was not born back there in a cave, wrapped up like a little mummy on a rock ledge by mistake. It was not a mistake. There was no room for them in the end because God was giving us a sign, an indication. He was pointing down the tunnel of time. What was he saying? As he was born, so shall, so shall he die. This little boy, this little baby was born to die. And, and the whole environment he was in pictured and foreshadowed the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know what this tells me? That the Bible is not just another archaic piece of literature. Not at all. It's a book that is alive, and it was written by a supernatural mind. 
God the Father was orchestrating the minutest details of his son's birth to show the real reason why Jesus came, not just to be born, but to die for us. So when Mary took that child and wrapped him in those strips of cloth until he was good and tight and sat him on that rock ledge, in 33 years, he would be wrapped up again and laid on a rock ledge in a cave. Thank God he didn't stay there. He didn't stay there. No, Jesus got up again, but we're, we're celebrating Easter in a few months. Right now, this is Christmas, and I want you to know that the birth of Jesus was a miracle, and everything about it left a message, an indication, a sign for you and me. So I would like to ask all of you today, and, um, you know, we've been talking about this for weeks now, but I'll, I'll ask it again. There may be some folks here who have not been in church in a long time. Have you ever let Christ come into your heart? Because he came to die for you. And when he died on that cross, his blood was spilled for you and me. No one else did that for you. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not anybody, just him. God was telling us at the very beginning, this little boy was born to die for the human race. And he did. So as we tonight light our candles and lift them up, I want you to remember what John said about Jesus. He said he was like a light. Light came into the world through Jesus Christ. His truth was light. His lifestyle was light. His death on the cross was our light. His resurrection was a torch for you and me. And I wanted to also picture if the ushers could get ready and go ahead and begin uh, and come on down and I'm going to light my candle and then I'm going to light theirs and they're going to come and light yours. And of course, I'm going to ask that you, those of you that have children with a candle lit, don't let them play with the wax and drip it on the floor to see what it looks like. Okay. But we're going to hold these candles up and I don't know about you church, but I'm feeling like our nation is in some real darkness and it's time for the church to really light up like a torch. And so this is going to be a picture of how I resolve and I'm asking you to resolve to light the world with the Jesus that is in you because Jesus told us, didn't he? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And so, amen. Let's stand together and we're going to sing silent night and I'm going to light my candle. They're going to come light yours. And we're going to pray at the end of this in Jesus name. Peace. 
star.